Locked Fans, welcome to Post Game Beers, our second episode of the week, brought to you by our good friends at Hell's Half Acre Sporting Goods. Go to hellshalfacresg.com and check out the new releases and get geared up for game day. We are joined tonight by Ryan McIntyre of the Ryan and Rush Show, a.k.a. Moneyline Mac. He is he covers West Virginia for the Ryan and Rush Show. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Moneyline underscore Mac. He does a great job covering West Virginia and college football altogether. Ryan, welcome to Post Game Beers. How are you? What's, what's up, guys? Uh, Glad to finally return the favor. I know I've had you on twice, JD, over at our Big 12 show on the College Experience. And then earlier today, Ryan and Russ show, ready to talk to Mountaineers and Horn Frogs. Let's go. Yeah, uh, pretty exciting week. Huh? I know yeah. uh, West Virginia is having a good season so far. So I guess my first question for you is, um, how do you evaluate the season so far? Is it met your expectations, exceeded, or did you guys expect to be undefeated and ranked in the top 10 at this point? So what's the fever <laughs> out in Morgantown? Uh, I mean, if you're realistic, I, I said the goal was three and one. I, I think if you they'd gone into Penn State, then you're a playoff contender all of a sudden. But I mean, looking at what Penn State's done, Penn State, you could argue, is arguably the best team in the country from what just the eye test seeing it. But I think the Penn State game kind of set the tone because I thought we held our own for three quarters, but eventually with all their draft picks, Alar and those guys and that whiteout, that crazy crowd. They finally pulled away. They just had the better team. And then, obviously, James Franklin had to run it up with a uh, cover touchdown at the end. But, uh, yeah, I thought it set the tone. I think it helped us in an environment where we were able to get Pitt. Finally got that Pitt monkey off our back, got the revenge from last year where we gave him the game. And then during the Neil Brown era, man, Texas Tech has had our number. They beat us four straight, and that was a big that was a big monkey off our back last week. So, Able to get that one. I know they're banged up at the quarterback position, but reality is so are we, and so is half the Big 12, it seems like, at the quarterback position right now. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so talk about the quarterback position. Just uh, who who is starting right now? Um, who would you prefer to start if all things were healthy, I guess? Uh, just help, help shed some light on this squad, this West Virginia squad. Yeah, so uh, Nico Markiel, he's a talented uh freshman i guess a redshirt freshman last year um from the state of california the guy that was the starter in the preseason was garrett green and he finished the year after jt daniels went down and he finished last year two and one they were able to beat oklahoma and oklahoma state down the stretch in a year that didn't have much hope but then garrett green kind of came in he's a dual threat guy undersized but you know what i like to call him a gamer um he's kind of a badass and he just compete competes his tail off and he makes up for what he lacks in ability with his competitiveness and, and heart. So he's a, he's, he's just a big, big locker room guy. So I prefer Garrett green. I don't know if Garrett green's going to be back. I do prefer Nico if Garrett's hurt because one of Garrett's best attributes is his leg. So if he doesn't have, and he sprained his ankle against uh pit. So if he doesn't have his legs, I don't know how effective he really is because he's not one of those guys that's just a super freak with his arm. So Right now, I would probably lean to Nico's going to get the start, his first career road start on Saturday at TCU. But if Garrett Green's available, I'd say Garrett's going to get the start because he's been there, done that. He's a vet. Okay. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of West Virginia football this year, but I know you guys are 
guys come in with a really strong defense. Uh, what works so well on the defensive side of the ball? Like, where's where? Who are the superstars? What what kind of scheme do, does West Virginia run, and why why really is the defense so good so far this year? So that's kind of been the the biggest improvement, and that was the biggest question mark coming into this year. And it, Neil Brown was twenty two and twenty five uh, coming into this year, and I would say that the biggest reason why he hadn't been able to get it together is they didn't really have an identity. They're good offensively one year, but then bad defensively last year. They weren't good at all defensively. And there were a lot of question marks coming into uh, the year. And I just think that they, they, they play hard, uh, kind of a bunch of no names to be honest in terms of the national scale. But I mean, you look at guys like the veterans on the team, like Aubrey Brooks, Anthony Wilson, the strength probably isn't the secondary, but the front seven has really picked it up. I mean, Lake Pogda the other day had uh, starting middle linebacker had, I, th- I think, 13 tackles, 15 tackles against Penn State, then was all over the field against Pitt. Another guy that was really all over the field the other night, Marcus Floyd, who's kind of a hybrid safety, flew around, had, had, had a couple sacks. And uh, Beanie Bishop's been huge coming over from Minnesota, so – they kind of mix it up. They brought more pressure last week against uh, Texas Tech. I think more so because Texas Tech was limited at the quarterback position mm-hmm. as soon as Tyler Shuck went down and then Morton came in. So they kind of mix it up, and it's an undersized unit, but I, I think it, they, they do a good job of gang tackling, and that's why they've been so uh, effective through, the, especially the last two games. I mean, they've held Pitt and Texas Tech to combine 20 points. You do that, you're going to win some football games. So TCU just played one of their rivalry games against SMU, played for the Iron Skillet. West Virginia finished up a rivalry game against Pitt. Um, For anybody who's watching or listening and doesn't really know a whole lot about the backyard brawl, could you just give a summary of that rivalry and what it was like to beat them (laughs) this year? Am I allowed to curse on this uh, Absolutely. It's required. Uh, Here, I got a hat right here that sums it up. I bet I can guess what it is, too. Yeah, I think everybody heard the uh, <laughs> chorus going. It's uh, eat shit pit. I like to add another word in there before shit. It's eat fucking shit pit. I, we hate pit, man. Uh, there's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a real rivalry, and I, I joked with everybody. like That day at the stadium, I had not seen Morgantown because we hadn't played that rivalry since 2011. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was a throwback crowd to the old Big East days. And I think everybody remembers the game in 07 when we were we were what? We were second in the country. All we had to do was yep. win the game with Pat White, Steve Slade and Rich Rodriguez. And we go to the national championship. And then Pitt was three and eight and they came in and beat us. So we hadn't played them in Morgantown since 2011 because they went to the ACC. We came to the Big 12 with you guys. And it was just the first time. And we and we gave away the game last year. At Pitt. So, I mean, it really was. I mean, we, I, I can't really sum it up. You got to go to a game one day, uh, especially in Morgantown, because I don't think Pitt hates us as much as we hate them because their fan base doesn't really exist. Right. Um, they're, they're kind of a wine and cheese front runner crowd. So, it, compared to us, we're, we're, we're maniacs. So, yeah, no, we hate Pitt. That that's that's the best way to sum it up. I don't I don't really have anything nice things to say about uh, the University of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I do admire the uh, West Virginia fan base. Um, it seems like you guys really do stick with the team year in and year out, no matter you know 
what's going on as far as record or performance. Um, so Neil Brown has been catching a lot of flack. And by the way, shout out to our live audience watching on YouTube. We have a question here related to that. Um, given the success, Adam Stone, are y'all worried about keeping Neil Brown for another year? Uh, you know, it's crazy, man. I take the Michigan state job. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if any, I don't know if anybody wants that job right now. I, I see, I'm a guy that if you're able to win, I, I, I don't think you ever lose intentionally. This isn't the NFL where you get more draft picks or something. So I think everybody wants Neil to be good because Neil's a really nice guy. And it just, for some reason it hasn't worked. He was good at Troy, but I think he's finally putting aside his ego. He, in the first four years, he wanted to throw the ball over the yard. This year is the complete opposite. They just run the football and play to their strengths and their identity. And so I think if he's able to prove himself and win eight games, seven, eight games this year, I don't see why not you don't bring him back and see if you can build off of that. Because one thing he has done is he's recruited really well. Um, and he and that we've done well in the transfer portal. So I don't, I don't get caught up into that where worried about it worried about who the next coach is. I mean, especially with the transfer portal, you don't even know who's going to be on sure. your team next year. <laughs> um, so TCU, uh, your opponent this week, went to the national championship game last year. I'm curious from an outside fan's perspective, what was it like watching TCU go to the playoff, win a game, and then get blown out in the national championship game? So – when you guys were going through the run last year, uh, my first thought was, man, this team is very lucky because they keep playing backup quarterbacks because it felt like every time you guys played a team, it, the quarterback would go down. <laughs> but then I, at the end, I, after we played you guys, I'm like, you know what? And you guys beat Texas. I'm like, these guys, the stars are aligned. These guys got the mojo going. So you're <laughs> one of the Sunny Dykes. Max Duggan, he could have transferred. He stuck it out. Chandler Morris goes down. I said, I'm all in on this team. I hope they get it done. And got a little bit of a setback against K-State in the Big 12 title game. Probably was a blessing in disguise headed into the playoff. Um, and then you shocked the world against Michigan. And I think one of the dumbest narratives I think out there is TCU couldn't beat Georgia because they didn't have enough five-star McDonald's All-American, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I'm like, <laughs> where, uh, did Michigan not have five stars? I mean, did, did, yeah. they, did they not just beat Michigan the game before? Did they? Does Texas not have five stars? I what, what are we talking about here? So, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm a fan of your guys' program. I like Sonny Dykes. I like Gary Patterson too. So, I mean, I like all the Big Twelve schools other than Texas and Oklahoma. So, uh, definitely will uh, always pull for you guys, except when you guys play us. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. We also have Martin and Ray on the line, uh, fellas. If you have a question, just jump on in. Yeah. Yeah, I have a question. Let's go back to last Sunday real quick and talk about that beatdown TCU put on West Virginia soccer. Oh yeah, no, they TCU did hand it to them. I I will admit I did not get a hold of that game. I did not I did not watch that game, but I did see the score. Um but yeah, no, it's uh I'm I'm in football mode, I'll I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a good uh tone setter for the week. I hope so not. We, I, or we gave you that one so we could win on Saturday. <laughs> I guess that's probably what SMU thought last week too when we beat yeah. them. It was it equestrian? Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, that's they're the defending SMU is the defending national champs too. So yeah, wh 
So from what you've seen of TCU this year, what's your takeaway from their first four games? I know you watched the Colorado game uh, at least, yeah. right? And for us, you know, we talked about it earlier on your show. That game was, we feel like, kind of an anomaly. So right now, where does TCU sit in your mind? So, like, you know how they talk about, like, week one was a total head fake, total fluke? That was a total fluke. Like, I thought TCU was a little maybe overconfident may maybe the word, but also they just hadn't gelled. I mean, Chandler Moore's coming off the injury, probably played a little tight. He's trying to, he's trying to fill in for Max Duggan who went to New York. We've talked about this JD when yep. we just had you on. I mean, a lot of pressure in, and they kind of were overconfident. And then it kind of felt like they turned tight and they just, they played really bad defensively. They, their tackling was atrocious that game. Yeah. But ever since then, I mean, you could tell Sonny got after them in practice that whole week, and they've really improved. Um, I was really impressed with what you guys did at Houston because I thought Houston was going to be able to hang with you guys, especially with it being the Big 12 opener. Dana Holgerson always gets his teams up for those primetime slots as an underdog. So for you guys to just be able to go over there and rush for over 200 yards, uh, Bailey, I mean, he, he's a stud, averaging over six yards a carry. And, and you guys are doing it more by committee at the wide receiver position. Mm -hmm. uh, Quentin Johnson, obviously, in the NFL. I I, I think Sonny, just, he's a good coach. You guys got a good culture, and, and you were loaded. I mean, it's, you're not like you are last year. I mean, it's it was hard. It was going to be hard to duplicate what you guys pulled off last year with all the one-score wins. But, I mean, I still see you guys as an 8-9 win team once again and kind of – continuing what Gary Patterson built before Sonny Dykes took it to another level in year one. Have you ever been to Fort Worth for a game? Just curious. Yeah. So I, yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, not in football. So I worked for, for Bob Huggins for, uh, oh, okay. five years. So I've been, been, uh, you guys have the most fucked up basketball court in the country. I hate that. I thing. love it. Oh no, it's I, great. I, 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 I hate it. 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 Every time I go on there go, we would go in there and be like, man, I got a headache looking at this floor. Uh, but J Jamie, Jamie Dixon has been great. You guys have had good teams. Um, Mike Miles, they, uh, Ball. I mean, that was good, good team. I mean, yeah, it was a big fella. Lampkin and, yeah. and Emmanuel Miller. So you guys will be good once again. His teams at TCU look exactly like they did at Pitt. So, I mean, very mm -hmm. familiar with Jamie Dixon. <laughs> uh, but I've never been to a football game, so that's on my bucket list. Definitely. Yeah, it's always a, a good time. And a baseball game. Were oh, you there in you town yeah. uh, for last year's West Virginia game? No, so I got out of the business, coaching business, two years ago. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I know Martin had a question about West Virginia culture. Yeah, what's up? Oh, um, why do you like pepperoni rolls? They suck. No, pepperoni <laughs> rolls are the shit, man. Pepperoni <laughs> rolls, moonshot, huh? Can you just eat pizza? <laughs> You could eat pizza, but it's a, it's not the culture. It's not the, it doesn't melt in your mouth like a pepperoni roll does, man. It's, the the pepperoni get rolls that I got uh, at the what is the baseball stadium Magnolia something? At Mom Park, yeah, Mark yeah, Mom Park, those yeah. Pepperoni rolls were awful. Did they did they didn't cook them right then? No, they the pepperoni I think they were rolls microwaved. Are, oh, that's probably why. <laughs> yeah, you got to get them at the tailgate, man. The tailgate mm. when they actually put it on the grill and do that. I mean. They got a whole deal. All right, so we just have a couple more questions for you before we get out of here. We have one. This one's from Adam Stone again, and it's going back to the Dana Holgerson days. What <laughs> Ryan's favorite Dana Holgerson casino story? You know, I don't have a Dana Holgerson casino story. What about a story? Been, a story in general. 
So he lost to, I think it was Stephen F. in the NCAA tournament. And we, I mean, the season's over. We're all depressed. And we went to the bar that night. We had a coach's, coach's deal at the, at the bar. And Hugs is there. Everybody's there. And then in walks Dana Holgerson. <laughs> he is so, he is so drunk. It, it, I mean, it was just a fantastic night. We were there till like five o'clock in the morning. I was like, I, the bus leaves at seven. I, I got, I got to get like a coffee in me or something, or maybe, maybe a water or Gatorade so that I don't, throw up on this plane so yeah we drank all night uh all the stuff to get, get that uh bad taste out of our mouth he's a wild man he's i love dana i mean i enjoyed his brand of football um for us at uh west virginia obviously he probably hasn't exactly worked out at houston but he's entertaining i mean his hair's going everywhere he's pounding red bulls on the sideline uh entertaining fella all right final set of questions i'll give you all three at once uh-huh. Um, how do you see the game going this week? If you were TCU, how would you beat West Virginia? And finally, from Adam, does Moneyline Mac have a parlay pick for the weekend? Yeah, I actually do. Um, I'll, I'll give out the parlay at the end. So the first question was, what was that again? How do I see the game playing out? Yeah. So both teams basically averaging five, six yards to carry. Both teams want to run the football. I know – you guys want to play more up-tempo. We want to drag it in the mud. I usually tend to lean to the team that wants to drag it in the mud in terms of who's going to win on the style. Um, I think both teams are going to stack the box a little bit to stop the run. I think it's going to be a tight game. I, I, I really think this is going to be a one-score game. Neil has played well in Fort Worth for some reason. Uh, he's never lost in Fort Worth. He's So the Mountaineers are on a two-game win streak. Last year was a tight game in Morgantown. I think it's very similar – to the game last year in Morgantown. I think it's kind of back and forth and whoever wins the turnover battle, but I'm really looking at the line of scrimmage early on because like I said, both teams want to run the ball. So I think it's a physical lower scoring game than maybe the average viewer thinks. Okay. Real quick. Um, we had another question come in that I think is a really good one. Um, West Virginia started a different running or you had a different running back step up in each game. Uh, what can you expect from the running back position? Um, so that's uh, a strength. Well, I mean, the strength is on the offensive line with the five, five seniors that have, that's why they've been able to run the football and all those guys have come back and half of them are married. They're all 24 years old. And so yeah, we're like to be, we're, we're the non-sober BYU. Um, <laughs> we, uh, so CJ Donaldson's t- talented. He's the lead back. He's really good. He's a little banged up. He got banged up in that pick game. He got the big load in that game. So um, he got banged up. He kind of was limited last week, so he didn't he didn't run the ball as much. Jaheim White's a freshman. Um, another guy, Jalen Anderson. He's rushed for a hundred yards last year when Donaldson got hurt. Uh, Johnson's another guy that's rushed for a hundred. So we have four guys that are talented. It's kind of by committee right now because Donaldson is a little bit banged up, and then both their quarterbacks can run, whether it's Markiel or Green. So yeah, it, there's there's no uh. There's no secret on what we're trying to do offensively. Our our wide receivers are not very good. We're limited on the perimeter, but we can pound the rock. So I mean, that's that's what we're going to try and do offensively. All right. So now take take that and how would you beat West Virginia if you were a TCU coach? Well, I, I think Texas Tech did in the second half. They put eight nine men in the box and said, "Beat us with beat us with your quarterback in your arm," and 
I think that's going to be how everybody's going to attack the Mountaineers from here on out. Uh, I mean, we haven't thrown for 100 yards in each of the last two games. We're t- slowly turning into the Iowa Hawkeyes all of Hold a sudden. On, 100 yards? Yeah, Markiel had 78, and I think he had oh 69 against Pitt. So, yeah, fo- football's back here in Morgantown. It's great. Old this game's going to be over in like two hours. <laughs> it's Oh, no. Yeah, I know. We're, uh, we're, we play an ugly brand of football. We're Iowa of the Big 12 all of a sudden. Which, <laughs> and y'all are setting back college football here. It's beautiful. I love it. Everybody just wants to throw the ball air raid. I said, screw it. Let's, let's run the ball four yards in a cloud of dust. I think for us too, I think we can be successful doing that because we don't have the we don't have the athletes on the outside that a TCU has. That I mean, I would say Baylor and Texas Tech, but they're down this year all of a sudden. Yeah, um, the the athletes that you guys have down there in Texas. So we got to muck it up and make it ugly like Iowa does each each year and and out in uh, the Big Ten. So that's our brand of football, and I we're we're embracing it. It, it, it goes well with our culture of West Virginia, hard blue collar, uh, cold atmosphere. So that's, that's what we're going to try and do. So All right. It sounds then. like, uh, with TCU, you know, they run the three, three, five on defense. Mm-hmm. Yep. It kind of sounds like, uh, you're kind of expecting TCU to maybe drop those safeties into the box and let yes. Avery and Josh handle the outside one-on-one. Yeah, and I would say that TCU probably got exposed a little bit against Colorado um, by Sanders. I think that's pretty safe to say, considering you threw for like 500 yards. But we don't have the the guys that Colorado has on the outside. Now, we're light years ahead of Colorado in the trenches and running the football. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting because an area where we probably could take advantage of TCU is on the perimeter, but we don't really have the guys on the outside compared to you guys are probably more of a strength in the, in the front seven. So it's kind of strength on strength this game. All right. Finally, what is your can't miss mega <laughs> balloon? Put, put the house on it parlay of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, we just did the big 12 show literally right after you got off JD. Um, and we gave out, I'm trying to remember what we gave out. Um, we're going to go, it's all dogs too. We we we, okay. we all like dogs. So we're gonna go Houston, get to Dunn and Lubbock, Dana. Okay. A little little dog. We're gonna go Jalen Daniels at Kansas shocks the world in Austin. Ooh. Look ahead. Look ahead to Red River. And then in the nightcap, you guys aren't gonna like this one. We're gonna give out the Mountaineers to get it done in Fort Worth for the and, third straight time. And that's where it, it dies. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's like a hundred to one. So if you guys wanna Throw a price of a cold beer on that thing, five bucks. I mean, five bucks to win five, uh, whatever, five grand. Go ahead. Let's go. Yeah, maybe we'll do the emotional hedge, right? <laughs> Lost the yeah, game, oh, yeah. but at least we won money. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. All right. The other, um, the, the other one I always like playing, Texas and Oklahoma, whoever they're playing. Uh, you could parlay yeah. Iowa State and Kansas this week. All right. So, yeah. uh, Ryan, go ahead and plug. Every, you have so much going on. It's hard for me to even keep up with. So, go ahead and plug everything yeah. you have and uh, where people can follow you and all that good stuff. Yeah. You guys can find me at moneyline underscore Mac on the Twitter X, whatever the hell we're calling it nowadays. Uh, go follow the Ryan and Russ show. That's West Virginia. Your source for West Virginia sports. Go check out the college experience. Uh, we, we do college basketball, college football year round, only college basketball night show uh, gambling every single night. College basketball is every day. So always can get in on some action. And then the big 12 experience, that uh, JD, you've been on a couple times, which is always uh, a ride and a good time. So yeah. uh, 
yeah, our, our theme on there is eat shit pit as well. So, yeah, it's always a good time. Nice. Well, that is Ryan McIntyre, Moneyline Mac. Ryan, we really appreciate it, man. Let's do it again sometime. No doubt. Thanks for having me, guys.